This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Management of Pediatric Status Epilepticus in Resource Limited Settings This video is intended for healthcare providers in limited resource settings and aims to inform the clinical management of status epilepticus in all children outside the neonatal period. The learning objectives of this video include reviewing the definition of status epilepticus and illustrating common clinical scenarios where you may encounter it, reviewing the medical management of status epilepticus with a focus on medications available in limited resource settings. Traditionally, brief seizures are defined as lasting less than five minutes, while prolonged seizures last between five and 30 minutes. Status epilepticus has classically been defined as more than 30 minutes of either continuous seizure activity or two or more sequential seizures within 30 minutes without full recovery of consciousness between seizures. However, the operational definition of status epilepticus is a seizure lasting more than five minutes, and this is the point at which we typically start administering medications. Clinically, this means that if a patient arrives to your emergency room or clinic actively seizing, you should assume the patient is in status epilepticus and start treatment with a seizure rescue medication as soon as possible. If you observe the start of the seizure, you should begin timing so you know the right time to start administering medications. It is important to treat early for multiple reasons. First, the risk of cardiopulmonary complications increases if the seizure goes on for a long time. Second, a seizure lasting longer than five minutes is less likely to resolve on its own. And thirdly, as the time passes, the medications used to stop the seizures, particularly benzodiazepines, are less effective. Status epilepticus can present with different seizure types. Most commonly, you will see generalized convulsive status epilepticus, which can be described as a rhythmic pattern of contraction and extension of the arms and legs occurring while the patient is unresponsive. This can occur in patients with known epilepsy, young children with prolonged febrile seizures, or in patients with infection such as cerebral malaria or meningitis. Non-convulsive status epilepticus is another type of status epilepticus that can be hard to identify clinically. This occurs when seizures are ongoing in a comatose patient without obvious clinical changes like motor movements. Sometimes there are subtle signs such as eye blinking and face twitching, but most of the time there are no overt signs. Focal status epilepticus, where only one part of the body is affected, should be treated at five minutes if there is impaired consciousness, or at 10 minutes if consciousness is preserved. At the onset of seizure, start timing while you assess the airway, breathing, and circulation of the patient. Administer oxygen if available. Place the child on his or her side, loosen clothing, and do not place anything in the mouth. Place the patient on a monitor, if available, or obtain vital signs regularly. Start obtaining intravenous access. Obtain a finger stick blood glucose, as this is a reversible cause of seizure. But if glucometer is not readily available, you should not wait to give a bolus of 10% dextrose IV at the dose of 2 to 5 milliliters per kilogram. 
you should then consider starting a maintenance normal saline. Remember that both seizures and the medications we use to stop seizures can cause respiratory depression. You should reassess the patient's airway and breathing frequently and be prepared to provide respiratory support as needed. We will now walk you through the medications we use to stop status epilepticus and when to administer them. Our emphasis is on giving them appropriate medications within the recommended time frame. More details about the administration guidelines will be given on the screen and available on the algorithm PDF paired with this video. Remember, this is a neurologic emergency. The longer the seizure goes on, the higher the risk for brain injury. Make sure you and your team are working together and are prepared for the next step to ensure medications can be administered quickly if needed. The first rescue medication administered should be a benzodiazepine, preferably by an intravenous route. At five minutes of continuous seizure activity, you should first give diazepam IV at the dose of 0.3 milligrams per kilogram with a maximum dose of 10 milligrams. If the patient does not have IV access at this point, you can administer diazepam rectally, but please note the different dose of 0.5 milligrams per kilogram with a maximum of 20 milligrams. If the seizure continues for five minutes since the first dose of diazepam, you should administer a second dose of diazepam at the same dosing, either intravenous or rectally, depending on the available access. If another five minutes passes and the patient is still seizing after two doses of diazepam, it is time to try a different type of medication. Depending on availability and access, your next options are phenytoin or phenobarbital. The loading dose of phenytoin is 20 mg per kilogram IV with a maximum dose of 1 gram. Be careful, infusion can rarely cause bradycardia and hypotension, so the patient's heart rate and blood pressure should be monitored closely. If seizure activity continues for another 15 minutes, you can give a second dose of phenytoin at 10 mg per kilogram, maximum 500 mg. If the seizure persists for another 15 minutes, reassess the respiratory status and the next medication to administer would be phenobarbital, either IV or IM, at the dose of 20 mg per kilogram, maximum dose of 1 gram. Now we will go back and review what to do if you use phenobarbital after diazepam. Phenobarbital is given at the dose of 20 mg per kilogram with a maximum dose of 1,000 mg, administered intravenously, but can also be given intramuscularly if IV access is not available. If the seizure persists after 15 minutes, give a loading dose of phenytoin at 20 mg per kilogram IV with a maximum dose of 1 gram. Again, be careful. Infusions can rarely cause bradycardia and hypotension, so the patient's heart rate and blood pressure should be monitored closely. As reviewed before, you can give a second dose of phenytoin at 10 mg per kilogram, maximum 500 mg, after 15 minutes more of continuous seizure activity. As additional medications are used to control seizure, it is very important to continue to monitor closely the patient's respiratory status and consider the need for a ventilator if available. If the convulsions continue after you've administered diazepam twice, phenytoin, and phenobarbital, then the patient is in refractory status epilepticus, and you should consult a specialist to consider additional antiepileptic agents based on their availability. Some next steps to consider would be medications like sodium valproate and levetiracetam. 
Medications that are available in an enteral form only can be given through a nasogastric tube. Sometimes, patients with refractory status epilepticus require a continuous infusion of benzodiazepine. However, you should seek the guidance of a specialist when considering this treatment. While the first priority should be stopping the seizure by using the medications just discussed, you and your team members should also be thinking about what may have caused this prolonged seizure and consider some of the following investigations. Laboratory testing can help identify metabolic derangements, in particular hypoglycemia and hyponatremia. An FBC may be suggestive of an infection, though you should keep in mind that the white blood cell count may be elevated with seizure activity. A lumbar puncture, when the patient's seizure is controlled, may be necessary to evaluate for meningitis and encephalitis. If your suspicion for infection is high enough, you should initiate antibiotics and antimalarial treatment. You may also want to obtain a head CT scan if there is a history of head trauma, you suspect stroke, or the patient remains unresponsive after clinical signs of seizure are gone. If EEG monitoring is available, it may be helpful in determining if the patient is in non-convulsive status epilepticus. However, even without an EEG, you should use your careful neurologic examination to evaluate responsiveness to noxious stimuli and look for subtle signs of non-convulsive status epilepticus, such as eye fluttering or face twitching in an unresponsive patient. After the resolution of status epilepticus, it is very important to continue monitoring the patient closely. If phenytoin or phenobarbital were needed to stop the seizure, maintenance doses of anti-seizure medicines are recommended for the duration of the child's illness. This should be started within 12 hours after the last rescue medication was given. More discussion about choice of anti-seizure medication for symptomatic seizures or new epilepsy will be discussed elsewhere. Thank you for participating in this educational video and we hope this will help you be more prepared to take care of patients in status epilepticus. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.